Today is probably, in my heart, one of the most important messages, certainly in this series, and maybe one of the most important messages that I've preached in a long time, if not ever. The importance of seeing the invisible. We live in a world right now that is really challenging all things faith. They're challenging whether God is even real. I read article after article declaring that religion is on a slow spiral of death, but then I see the life that happens in a building like this and it's hard for me to comprehend. But a lot of times we come into moments of faith not really realizing what faith is all about. See, the, bi uh, the dictionary gives us a definition of faith as this. The definition of faith is faith is confidence or trust in a person or thing Belief not based on proof. So look at your neighbor and tell them, you don't have to prove it today. But then, the Bible takes the definition in the dictionary one step further. Now, when I memorize scripture going through a seminary process, what I had to do was memorize a lot of the King James Version of the Bible. And the King James Version says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But then I started preaching out of ESV. It's a little more accurate, especially when it comes to the New Testament. And I love the way that it says Hebrews 11 and 1. And it says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So whether it is the dictionary or the Bible. If you possess something called faith, it has to be invisible. That's the only qualification for faith. It has to be something that you cannot see just yet. So look at your neighbor one more time before I preach and say, it starts invisible. Let's pray. Father, today I ask you for an invisible picture that touches our heart in such a way that changes us forever. And the same Jesus that met with a woman that was sick after 12 years, thousands of years ago, could be the same Jesus that meets with us in the front of a building today with the same miraculous power. And I give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. See, some of the reason why I really enjoy the ESV translation, especially when it comes to Hebrews chapter 11 is it uses a word called assurance. And I'm going to ask you a question. What are you assured of when it comes to the subject of God? See, because I'm not asking you to regurgitate or repeat something that somebody has stood up here and told you about God because you can't be assured of other people's experience I'm asking you, when it comes to the subject of God, what are you assured about? And I thought to myself, David, what are you assured about God? I am assured that God is faithful. And His faithfulness is unbelievable. I am assured of His righteousness and holiness. He is ever-present and all-powerful. He is mindful of me and has my best interests in mind as He perfects my character, even when the process is difficult or painful. See, I have an assurance about God that God is not here to hurt me with no purpose. 
I am here to understand that God is for me and not against me. I am here to believe that God is with me at all times, even when my feelings declare that He is a million miles away. I am assured that I am not walking anywhere without God. Because when we have a faith that starts out as an assurance of things hoped for, then it brings to the second part of that scripture, if you don't have an assurance about God, you can't have a conviction of things not seen. If you don't know about His character, if you don't know about who He is, if you don't know about what He can do that is only given to us through the authority of Scripture and this Scripture becoming a personal revelation of who He is in your life, isn't it a wonder when you finally take a step that this book is no longer Bible stories but now you have met the God of the Bible and He has become real to you? Say amen. That's when stuff starts to happen, man. When you're not only reading about David and Goliath and five smooth stones and a little bag and a sling, but when the God of David that give him the courage and enable him to defeat a giant that was probably at least eight feet tall, when you face the giants of your life and you have a personal relationship with the same type of God, with the same God of the Bible, and he's not a story but a reality to you, that means that you can go on the battlefields facing your giant even though God remains invisible with a confidence and a conviction you can live what you believe I wrote it this way faith is more than a simple belief it's it's believing and having a conviction to live for what you believe in faith is not something just to die for but rather to live for It's an experience. Man, we've got relationships with people all over the world that live in countries that are persecuted even to physical persecution where they could literally be put to death at the proclamation of their faith. And that's a wonderful thing to know that we have men and women with the courage to die for their faith. And we're not going to diminish the fact that martyrs are incredible men and women of God willing to pay an ultimate price. Say amen. But it's hard, just as hard to live for Christ. It is to die for Him. That when you live your convictions when the world says you should change them. When you're willing to stay firm on what the Bible says instead of what is popular. All of a sudden now it becomes a challenge. Because right now, Jesus ain't the most popular person on planet earth. And He's... he's Uh, He doesn't include everybody and he leaves people out and people groups out, which I don't find in the Bible anywhere. I just found out that what real people really think that when they think that Jesus is leaving them out, they're wanting us to take this book and say what this book declares as sin is no longer sin and God accepts anybody anyway. He does, but refuses to leave you in that. Amen. That's just good preaching right there. I mean... I want everybody to go to heaven. So does Jesus. It's His will that none should perish. But Buddha ain't going to get you there. And I'm not going to be able to include all the Buddhists in my understanding of Scripture because this book right here declares that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the door to to the Father. That's the only way this book gives me. So... You say, well, man, pastor's on it today. No, man, I'm, I'm just wanting you to understand. What's your invisible picture look like of God? 
This is one of my favorite sermons because I've preached with blank canvases before, but nothing like this. This looks crazy because there ain't nothing here. That's what the picture of faith looks like. It's invisible. And when you have an understanding of the concept of now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. And I serve an invisible God that I have not seen with my natural eye. But I have evidence of knowing and a conviction of knowing He is with me all of the time. And He is very real. Not because somebody told me He's real. He has proven to be real in my life. I've seen my mom jump up from a wheelchair. I've got a few experiences. I've seen people get saved almost every single week. I've got a few experiences. I've got a few evidences. I saw a kid in Palatka, Florida, born blind, receive his sight. I've got a few evidences. Well, Pastor, that was just good thoughts. Okay. Next time you get around somebody blind, go up to them and say, Hey, let's think some real good thoughts and see if you're able to see. Because what I'm going to do the next time I see somebody blind is say, In the name of Jesus, the same authority that rests in the name given through Scripture, I believe you can see in Jesus' name. And pray a prayer of faith. You say, Well, Pastor, what if they don't receive it? I'm, it's not my job to heal them. That's God's job. My job is to declare it. So what does the invisible picture of your God look like? Because listen to what Hebrews 11 continues to say. By faith, this invisible picture, by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark, saving his household. By this he commend, he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness and comes by faith. By, Ab by faith Abraham obeyed and he was called out of a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in a land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents and I with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. The whole thing is by faith Abel believed the invisible picture of God was worth giving a gift to. By faith, Enoch had an invisible picture of God that was so incredible that he walked with the invisible God and got so close to this invisible God that one day he became closer to his house than his own house and God took him. By faith, Noah had an invisible picture of God that moved him to create something that had never existed before on planet Earth. Never had rain, but saw that rain was coming in his invisible picture of God and moved him to build a boat a hundred years before the raindrop fell. By faith, Abraham left everything he knew. His invisible picture of God was so incredible in detail, he was willing to leave everything he knew and everything that was familiar to go to a place he could not see. Invisible. What is God in your invisible picture? What can he do? How big is he? Because the only thing that could really motivate you to believe in a miracle is to have an invisible picture of God that you believe has a conviction that He's able to accomplish that miracle. 
You have to see him as an invisible God. The crazy part about the next person I'm going to introduce you to is that she is probably perfect in, as an artist of drawing an invisible picture. In Mark chapter 5, we meet a woman with an issue, the Bible calls an issue of blood. That meant that she bled for 12 straight years. And not only because of her physical condition, but her physical condition promoted an identity in her emotional state that according to the Levitical law, she had to live outside of town. She had to not touch her family or friends. And when she went into town, she would have to take a certain number of steps, stop and declare, before anybody touches me, I am unclean. So nobody get close. I can't touch you because if I touch you, I'm contagious and you will become unclean. And all of a sudden, God starts taking this woman and she starts hearing something about a man named Jesus. Listen to the story as it unfolds in Mark chapter 5. And it says this, And a crowd followed him and thronged him, meaning touched him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She not only was sick according to Scripture, but she was getting sicker by the second when she decided to draw. Pastor, tell me more. She hears about a man named Jesus. And she starts connecting the stories about Jesus to something she had learned in Scripture. And she started to believe and draw a picture of Jesus being the Messiah and her in the picture frame. The only problem is that the her in the picture frame was healed. She said, if he is who he says he is, I'm going to draw a faith picture of me with him. And with me with him, I'm not sick anymore. So the invisible picture of my life is not a woman that is bleeding out and considered unclean. But the picture of my face says that if I can get close enough to Jesus, I can be whole and well. Amen. Now the crazy part about invisible pictures is invisible pictures are almost diametrically opposed to current reality. The problem is, is when she drew this invisible picture of Jesus, if the frame, that's why I brought the frame, five bucks, I was willing to invest in your life. God bless you. Okay. She looked at the invisible picture of her and Jesus, saw her, saw her healed. But if she turned the frame this way, she's still bleeding. Her present reality is nothing changed until she was motivated by this invisible picture to go and take a risk. And what was inside of this invisible picture was motivating her to a conviction. Remember Hebrews 11 and 1? A conviction of things not seen. She was so convicted she was willing to die. Because if she goes into the city without announcing she's unclean, they can stone her. And she says, no, the picture I saw didn't have no stoning and it had me well. And so it's going to motivate me to action. Here's the problem with most of us. Is we get the invisible picture and we don't do anything about it. We say, well, God knows my heart. Well, God knew her heart and if she wouldn't have went into the city, she would have died bleeding. But she was motivated by an invisible picture that was 
opposed to current reality because current reality said you are going to die this way there is no cure and you've had it for 12 years and you've gotten no better but worse but the hopeless situation of her present reality was replaced by an invisible picture of an all-knowing God and here's where, where the story changes so now you got the picture I'm going to leave this here because i got to continue to teach Amy get ready to play me something I got about, give me eight minutes. So pace yourself. Let me get my Bible. How many of you are familiar with the story with the woman with the issue of blood? Say amen. 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 And most of you will probably think, she just reached up and touched the hem of his garment by accident. Or maybe you thought, well, she did it on purpose only to be not seen. No, you're wrong again. Uh-uh. She had a purpose to what she was doing. And the purpose surrounded Scripture. Because your invisible picture of Jesus can't make Jesus the way you want Him to be. It has to start with who He really is with the authority of Scripture. See, we want Jesus to be fair, right? And now, yeah, He's not. He will never be. He's just not fair. He loves everybody, but He's not fair. Just ask His disciples. Last, you remember when they went to the garden? He said, eight of you stay here. You, you, and you. You come with me. Fair is bringing everybody with you, right? But he told Peter, James, and John, you come with me a little further than the rest of these guys. You guys stay here. You've come as far as I need you to go. You pray here. You three come over here. We just want Jesus to include everybody and everything. No, you're called to be you, and I'm called to be me. We can't be the same. So instead of us trying to find the picture of Jesus and our invisible faith picture of who He is and what we would hope that He would be, why don't we just find His Word? And it will give us an accurate picture of who He is. Because all of you that thought he, she just touched the hem of His garment just by chance, she just wanted to slip up, be inconspicuous, kneel down. I've even heard preachers preach she was in a position of worship. She was on her hands and knees seeing who He was. No, that wasn't it at all. Now what she was doing was taking the authority of God's Word that had been planted in her heart. And the moment that she heard the stories that qualified Him to be the Messiah, she ran to Numbers chapter 15. And Numbers chapter 15 said this, All men of Israel are to wear an outer garment that around the fringes of that garment in declaration of the Messiah to come is a blue thread. And around that blue thread should be tied tassels as a proclamation of the coming of the Messiah, the promise that is to come. Here's the cool part. Then she took and said, I believe the Messiah is here. And so if there's blue threads on his garment, as he is an Israelite man, and tassels concerning the promise of the Messiah, and, she is the, and he is the Messiah, our prophet Micah, according to Micah chapter 4, says, The Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in His wings. The incredible thing is the Hebrew word for wings is the same Hebrew word in Numbers chapter 15 for Him, our border of garment. And she said, Oh man, 
If he is who he says he is, and I reach over and touch the authority of that blue thread hanging around the tassels of that garment, and he is who he says he is, Micah says I can be healed. And the authority of my invisible picture painted on the canvas of the Word of God will make my dreams come true. And she slipped through the crowd. Saw him coming. Reached over. Maybe she was inconspicuous. But she was not doing it by accident. And she grabbed hold of a tassel. And the moment that her hand touched that tassel, her blood stopped. And the invisible picture of who he said he was with her in the frame that wasn't bleeding anymore but now was made whole had now become a present reality. And then, have you ever noticed that Jesus doesn't always just do something that you want him to do, but he'll always add something that you never thought that he would. She just wanted to quit bleeding. She got that at the touch of his garment. Then he stopped. Started talking crazy talk. Remember the scripture? The script, the whole story starts off, and the crowd thronged him. That means they were touching him on all sides. And he stops and looks at his people and goes, Who touched me? And they said, Everybody. Master, everybody's touching you. He said, no, 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 no. There's a different touch. There was somebody that had an invisible picture on the outside of this city that walked through faith into the inside of this city and touched the hem of my garment expecting a grace and a virtue to flow from the Messiah. And I want to get her attention because she don't think I know her. But I helped her paint that. I was... God help me preach this thing. What you have to understand is God isn't just sneaking up on you. He knew where you were going to be to paint this picture. You painted a picture of faith with Him having the brush in His hand, helping your hand paint who He really is. He wanted her to know, I saw you when you painted a picture outside the walls of this city. I saw you think that you'd see yourself healed while you were still bleeding. And when you took the first step, it went past intention and put faith into action. And you didn't stop until you touched my hem. And when you touched my hem, he turned around and said, Daughter, I saw your faith and your faith has made you whole. He said, I want you to know who you are. See, I, I, I didn't come just to to solve your issue. I didn't come to, to just make the painful things not painful anymore. I've come to re-identify you. You are no longer unclean, but you are now a daughter of the Messiah. God, I, I want to just go complete Pentecostal. Throw this thing down and just run around the place. Because here's the catch. in your invisible picture is it you is it you healed is it your relationship fixed is it with you having a broken heart mended is it a family member is it your brother your sister is it is it an aunt or an uncle is it a mom or dad who's getting saved is this a son or a daughter who's getting saved in your invisible picture they think that the enemy would want to tell you don't look at that invisible picture look at current reality the invisible picture is all my mom and dad had when I was crazy and they thought well man David's gone crazy that's the the present reality But the invisible picture said, no, he's a man of God in a crazy moment that will one day find himself like Lacey sung about. He knew where I dropped me off and then took me back to me and reestablished our relationship all over again through his love. Who 
who's in your invisible picture. Here's the most important thing. Are you willing to move from where you are to get it? Because in just a moment, after Amy leads us in a moment of worship, we're going to have an altar team up here. And they believe that whatever's in your invisible picture can be possible today. Because I believe that if Jesus was in a vision in this room, He was the same Jesus that this woman touched. And if she touched Him 2,000 years ago and He was able to heal her after 12 years of an incurable disease, I don't believe that there's a disease in this building that God cannot touch and heal right now. I don't believe that there's an issue or circumstances or something that's too far gone. What's in your invisible picture? And what will you by faith claim 